Section 21 of the Crusades by George William Cox. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 11. The Sixth Crusade. Part 2. King John of Brienne, who was present at the debate, started at once on a mission in which he hoped to achieve a success not unlike that of Hermit Peter, of Bernard, or Folk of Neuilly. But the times were changed, and King John could only report to the Pope the impossibility of moving at the time named in the Treaty of Ferentino. A new agreement was made at San Germano in July of 1225, postponing the departure of the army for two years longer. Four months later, Frederick married Iolante, and proceeded at once to deprive his father-in-law of his shadowy royalty john of brienne he insisted was king only by right of his wife by her death the title had passed on to his daughter and to him as her husband and he frederick was thus king of naples sicily and jerusalem john was furious but he could revenge himself only by accusations whether true or false of gross and habitual profligacy on the part of the young emperor never did pope love emperor as he loved his son frederick such were the words of honorius when he parted from him after his coronation at rome before the close of his pontificate in twelve twenty seven the gentle pontiff had to address not a few stern remonstrances to his loving son the real struggle was reserved for the papacy of the cardinal ugolino a kinsman of innocent the third who assumed the triple crown at the age of eighty years in twelve twenty seven to an eloquence unrivalled in his own day to a profound knowledge of the canon law and the decretals gregory the ninth united the monastic severity of gregory the great and the inexorable will of gregory the seventh the sovereign with whom he had to deal was still a young man of only thirty-three a young man with whose wishes and dreams with whose tastes and accomplishments gregory had nothing whatever in common frederick had been born and bred in sicily and in the voluptuous splendours of that beautiful island in the luxury of its sunshine in the gorgeous profusion and glory of its vegetation his youth passed in a passion of delight fed by the charms of music poetry painting and a rich literature which laid at his feet the treasures of ancient knowledge from the lays of the troubadour and the company of noble knights and fair women frederick could turn to men learned in the lore of the east and in the philosophy of alexandria and athens his life was far from faultless with more truth it may be described as one of license which cast to the winds, at least for himself, the moral code of priests and monks, but a license to which all grossness and coarse rioting, all unrefined and boorish vices, were altogether abhorrent. Here, in his southern paradise, Frederick could say, with a freedom horrifying to the sacerdotal spirit of the age, that if God had seen his beautiful home, he would never have chosen the barren land of Judea for the abode of his own people. Here, too, he was subjected to influences which are likely to cultivate a temper far more disliked and dreaded by popes and their followers than irreverence 
or even blasphemous profanity around him were gathered populations brought from many lands all softened by the genial and delicious climate the norman had here laid aside some of his northern roughness and become an apt disciple of the gay science in which frederick had won a foremost place even the germans were toned down to something like decency of demeanour and language and in contrast to these were numbers of jews who surpassed the christians as much in refinement and learning as in their wealth and of saracens not less polished not less cultivated who delighted to call themselves subjects of frederick and to submit themselves peaceably to his rule frederick was in short learning the dangerous lessons of toleration and his eyes were being gradually opened to the perilous views which have become the orthodox creed of modern statesmen as a ruler he could survey without dislike the mingling of different religions and see that an empire surpassing the wildest dreams of feudal grandeur could be achieved by the extension and freedom of a commerce spread over all portions of the earth as a man of learning he could promote the cultivation of a philosophy which whatever might be its merit could not fail to set the mind working and accustom it to regard all questions as matters to be settled by reason and evidence not by authority a picture more repulsive to the mind of a man like gregory the ninth cannot well be imagined the light-hearted enjoyment and the liberal government of the one were hopelessly opposed to the monastic gloom and ingrained despotism of the other frederick may have been slow in fulfilling his promise there is no evidence that he ever deliberately intended to break it but he had no intention of wading through a sea of blood if he could obtain his ends without striking a blow he had already had some friendly intercourse with the egyptian sultan and from these relations he was hereafter to reap good fruit for the present they served only to excite the anger of gregory whose patience was exhausted when at length frederick gathered his forces at brundusium brindisi only to see them decimated by fever and when he himself having set out with his fleet was compelled to return after three days to the harbour of otranto on st michael's day twelve twenty seven the pope excommunicated frederick with bell book and candle in his discourse to the apulian bishops the subjects of frederick he spoke of the tender care with which the church had nursed him in his infancy and childhood in order that he might fight the serpents and basilisks whom she had unwittingly fostered in her bosom she had borne him on her shoulders she had rescued him from those who would have slain him she had hoped to find in him a protecting staff and support these hopes had been cheated frederick had purposely exposed his army at brundusium to pestilence and after pretending to set off on his voyage for palestine had returned under a false plea of illness to the luxuries of the baths of puteoli on st martin's day and again on christmas day the excommunication was repeated with all its appalling ceremonies the sentence was by the pope's orders to be published in all churches of his obedience 
by one of the clergy of paris who professed to know merely the fact of the quarrel and nothing of the merits of the case it was published as a sentence of condemnation against the one who might be in the wrong i excommunicate the aggressor and i absolve the sufferer frederick appealed not to the pope but to the sovereigns of christendom his illness had been real the accusations of the pope wanton and cruel the christian charity which should hold all things together is dried up at its source in its stem not in its branches what had the pope done in england but stir up the barons against john and then abandon them to death or ruin the whole world paid tribute to his avarice his legates were everywhere gathering where they had not sown and reaping where they had not strawed but although he thus dealt in language as furious as that of the pope the thought of breaking definitely with him and of casting aside his crusading vow as a worthless mockery never seems to have entered his mind he undertook to bring his armies together again with all speed and to set off on his expedition his promise only brought him into fresh trouble with the pope who in the holy week next following in twelve twenty eight laid under interdict every place in which frederick might happen to be if this censure should be treated with contempt his subjects were at once absolved from their allegiance the emperor went on steadily with his preparations and then went to brundusium he was met by papal messengers who strictly forbade him to leave italy until he had offered satisfaction for his offences against the church in his turn frederick having sailed to otranto sent his own envoys to the pope to demand the removal of the interdict and these of course were dismissed with contempt in september the emperor landed at ptolemaeus but the emissaries of the pope had preceded him and he found himself under the ban of the clergy and shunned by their partisans the patriarch and the masters of the military orders were to see that none served under his polluted banners the charge was given to willing servants but frederick found friends in the teutonic knights under their grand master hermann of salza as well as with the body of pilgrims generally he determined to possess himself of joppa and summoned all the crusaders to his aid the templars refused to stir if any orders were to be issued in his name and frederick agreed that they should run in the name of god and christendom but while the enemy was aided greatly by the divisions among the christians the death of the damascene sultan Moadin was of little use to frederick the egyptian sultan camille was now in a position of greater independence and his eagerness for an alliance with the emperor had rapidly cooled down frederick on his side still resolved to try the effect of negotiation his demands extended at first it is said to the complete restoration of the latin kingdom and ended if we are to believe arabian chroniclers in almost abject supplications at length on february thirteenth twelve twenty nine the treaty was signed it surrendered to the emperor the whole of jerusalem except the temple or mosque of omar the keys of which were to be retained by the saracens but christians under certain conditions might be allowed to enter it for the purpose of prayer it further restored to the christians the towns of jaffa bethlehem and nazareth 
to frederick the conclusion of this treaty was a reason for legitimate satisfaction it enabled him to hasten back to his dominions where a papal army was ravaging apulia and threatening sicily one task only remained for him in the east he must pay his vows at the holy sepulchre but here also the hand of the pope lay heavy upon him not merely jerusalem but the sepulchre itself passed under the interdict as he entered the gates of the city and the infidel moslem saw the churches closed and all worship suspended at the approach of the christian emperor on sunday in his imperial robes and attended by a magnificent retinue frederick went to his coronation as king of jerusalem in the church of the sepulchre not a single ecclesiastic was there to take part in the ceremony the archbishops of capua and palermo stood aloof while frederick taking the crown from the high altar placed it on his head by his orders his friend hermann of salza read an address in which the emperor acquitted the pope for his hard judgment of him and for his excommunication and added that a real knowledge of the facts would have led him to speak not against him but in his favour he confessed his desire to put to shame the false friends of christ his accusers and slanderers by the restoration of peace and unity and to humble himself before god and before his vicar upon earth from the saracens he won golden opinions the cadi silenced the muezzin who had proclaimed the hour of prayer from a minaret near the house in which the emperor lodged because he added to his call the question how is it possible that god had for his son jesus the son of mary frederick marked the silence of the crier when the hour of prayer came round on learning the cause he rebuked the cadi for neglecting on his account his duty and his religion and warned him that if he should visit him in his kingdom he would find no such ill-judged deference he showed no dissatisfaction it is said with the inscription which declared that saladin had purified the city from those who worshipped many gods nor any displeasure when the mohammedans in his train fell on their knees at the times of prayer his thoughts about the christians were shown it was supposed when seeing the windows of the holy chapel barred to keep out the birds which might defile it he asked you may keep out the birds but how will you keep out the swine in glowing terms frederick wrote to the sovereigns of europe announcing the splendid success which he had achieved rather by the pen than by the sword he scarcely knew what a rock of offence he had raised up among christian and moslem alike by a few words on a sheet of parchment the christian emperor had deprived his people of the hope of getting their sins forgiven by murdering unbelievers by the same words the moslem sultan had prevented his subjects from ensuring an entrance to the delights of paradise by the slaughter of the nazarenes from gerald patriarch of jerusalem a letter went to the pope full of virulent abuse of the emperor as a traitor an apostate and a robber but even before he received this letter gregory had condemned what he chose to consider as a monstrous attempt to reconcile christ and belial and to set up mohammed as an object of worship in the temple of god the antagonist of the cross he wrote the enemy of the faith and of all chastity the wretch doomed to hell is lifted up for adoration by a perverse judgment and by an intolerable insult to the saviour 
to the lasting disgrace of the christian name and the contempt of all the martyrs who have laid down their lives to purify the holy land from the defilements of the saracens but frederick in his turn could be firm and unyielding he returned from jerusalem to joppa from joppa to ptolemaeus and there learning that a proposal had been made to establish a new order of knights he declared that no one should without his consent levy soldiers within his dominion summoning all the christians within the city to the broad plains without the gates he spoke his mind freely about the conduct of the patriarch and the templars with all who aided and abetted them and insisted that all the pilgrims having now paid their vows should return at once to europe on this point he was inexorable his archers took possession of the churches two friars who denounced him from the pulpit were scourged through the streets the patriarch was shut up in his palace and the commands of the emperor were carried out frederick returned to europe to find that the pope had been stirring up albert of austria to rebel against him and that the papal forces were in command of john of brienne who may have been the author of the false news of frederick's death and who certainly proclaimed himself as the only emperor to the pope frederick sent his envoys hermann of salsa at their head they were dismissed with contempt and their master was again placed under the greater excommunication with the albigensians the poor men of lyon the arnoldists and other heretics who in the eyes of the faithful were the worst enemies of the christian church such was the reward of the man who had done more toward the re-establishment of the latin kingdom in palestine than had been done by the lion-hearted richard and who it may fairly be said had done it without shedding a drop of blood End of section twenty one